welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by my co-host Jane Hilston. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Stacey. How are you? Really, really well. Um, I have my favourite thing to say straight up this morning because I'm super excited. I just slept for eight hours without any other children in my bed. For me, that is a favourite thing because since we moved into the new house, being you know, a new space for everybody, at some point every night one of my children will crawl into bed with me. And I can do one, but the night before last I had all three. Yes. On my pillow. Yes. And I thought to myself and I said to Heath in the morning, how long can I go where I sleep on my side and I have a slither of yeah. our bed? Like how, how many months can I mm. go with a slither? Because mm. I'm really getting sick of it. And then lo and behold, last they night. They were fine. No children. Oh, that's Heaven. so good. That's that's great. You know, even though my my kids are a little bit older, there is one of them who still still ends up in somebody's bed at some point, the youngest one. Um, and now we have a dog who also thinks that um, jumping into bed with people is um, is okay as well. So I'm a little bit familiar with the the, the sliver of of bed, <laughs> and you're right; it doesn't make for a particularly restful night. No, but certainly all three. <laughs> were they doing that before you moved, or has this just been a move thing? No, this has been a move thing. Okay, Definitely. so so, yeah. and it's a it's a fairly big trek up to your bedroom too. For you know, like if you're kind of sleepwalking in the middle of the night, like yeah. that's a. That's a, it, that's a steep staircase to navigate. And it's, and it's terrifying for the two-year-old. And what I hear is what, like, what wakes me up is his hand hitting the railing and his little feet hitting the, the like, the echoey stairs. Yes. And, I, like, I immediately wake up and then take my half-asleep yes. self I down the plummet of staircase right. yep, and hold his hand and, and bring him Oh, up, not, you're nice. Well, it's not safe for anybody because I'm still waking up at that point. Yes. And, yeah, and he's, you know, upset and, oh, Oh, it's just not been the best. But, you know, last night, none of that. So happy days. Might have broken broken the habit. Good stuff. Yes, well, you need your sleep. It's very important to get your sleep to be able to to function. Um, my favourite thing is I have not had coffee. Well, I haven't had a few things for for two weeks. Coffee, alcohol, gluten, or dairy for two weeks. Um, and I must say, I've probably given up all of those things um, for periods of time before, except for coffee. I've never ever given up coffee. And while how are we recording this, Jane? How are you sitting there recording? Do you know what? It's quite amazing. I um I guess I never really contemplated it. I didn't think about it, but um I think I was saying in the um last episode that I've been doing this Dr. Libby Weaver's um program. It's called Weight Loss for Women, but it's really not about weight loss. It's about, you know, just getting healthy and getting your body um 
giving your body all the nutrients and and taking all the toxics etc out anyway the first day she said um you, you will you know you need to get off caffeine for this i nearly fell off my freaking chair because i honestly thought <laughs> hang on what i didn't wait didn't see that no, one I, coming no 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 <laughs> yeah like alcohol and gluten and dairy yeah okay i get that but coffee geez anyway i only, I only ever used to have two two a day so i didn't really think that i had I wouldn't have thought that I had a, had a massive um, caffeine intake anyway. Um, but I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a go because she explains, you know, the reason why she's asking you to do all of this stuff and how it affects you physiologically and emotionally and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it all made sense. And uh, so I did it. And honestly, it's, it is amazing. Like it's only been two weeks, but I wake up now in the morning and I don't feel, you know how sometimes, and you would feel it after being slithered in your bed, yep. um, you know how you feel, you wake up and you feel like you've just got a house on your head. Like you yep. can't, you, it's, you know you have to get up, but yep. the physical weight of, and of waking up and actually getting out of bed is so severe that you just like, and you push through and you get up, but it's so hard. And yeah. generally, you know, it takes five minutes and, you know, that's when I would then go and get a coffee, my first coffee of the day. Yeah. And then I'd be fine. So you knew that it was only going to be short lived, but I'm, I don't like, I, I kind of wake up naturally at my silly hour of the day and just kind of hop out of bed. Um, interestingly, so coming off it again, you know, I've come off all of those other things and never really felt much of a difference. Um, the second day that I had off coffee, I had, you know, really big headaches. And I thought, oh, that's unusual because really going down from two to, to naught. And then um, the third day, chronic body pains to the point where I thought, uh-oh, is this corona? Like I, I just, <laughs> it was blue Blue-like chronic muscle. So I went for a walk because I thought, oh, maybe I've just been, you know, sitting in my chair for too long and my muscles are stiff. And because I thought it felt like I had been for a massive weightlifting session. You know, when you get that yeah, that yep. flu where everything aches. And I was thinking, God, I haven't done anything, you know. Anyway, so I went for a walk to try and stretch it out. That made it worse. Came home, did some yin yoga. That made it better. But for the whole day and my glutes and down the back of my legs and I was like, what is, what? Felt like I'd done 100 squats and I definitely had not done 100 <laughs> squats. And anyway, so I popped on the group, you know, because oh, everyone was saying, oh, headaches and blah, blah. And I said, out of interest, does anyone have like body aches? Um, yes, they said, yes, massive body aches. It's like you've got the flu. And then someone else said, massive pain in my glutes and down the back of my legs. And I was blown away. I was just like, how does not having coffee for three days, how does that affect your body like that? Like that's, how does it affect your glutes? What does coffee have to do with your glutes? <laughs> I just, I was like, what? That's insane. So, but for that reason, I just went, I'm, okay, I'm not going back on coffee. That's, that's it. Wow. Done. Done with coffee. Done that, with coffee. Yep. That can be the name of this episode. Jane Done. Done with coffee. <laughs> but who knew? Never. Done with coffee. Well, you heard it here first. Jane Hilson. 
down oh, with crap. coffee. Sorry, what about, coffee. What about everything else? So, like everything um, else has been well, yeah, no, easy? That's, no, no, well, dairy, gluten and alcohol have been easy because I, I do feb fast every year, so I'm pretty used to giving that up. Um, gluten I'd given up in COVID um, for, for five weeks. I love that um, you were giving it things up when everybody else was eating four times. Oh, well, I could see that bloody writing on the wall. Yeah. I could see that writing on the wall. So I was like, shit, nip, nip that nip that in the bud. Um, and what's it? Oh, but dairy. Oh, my goodness. That one sucks. I don't drink milk. I have almond milk. But cheese. Can we talk about oh, not having cheese? I hadn't thought about that. Weeks. That's the killer. I love cheese. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the dairy's been hard, but yeah. um, no, only six weeks to go. <laughs> I can't wait to record in six weeks' time. I know. What's I know. That topic going to be? Jane's pissed off with the world. That, no, <laughs> no, no. We'll see. That all happens in the first one or two weeks. By eight oh, weeks, right. I will be a unicorn. Okay. Apparently, yes. I'll, I'll look like Elle McPherson. I will have skin, you know, that that tells a story that I'm ten years le- younger. Yep. My body will but just be operating on complete efficiency because it will be toxic free. And uh, you won't. You probably won't even recognise me over camera. I'll just, you know. We'll need new promo shots. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. right. Exactly. No, in all honesty, I'm really <laughs> not doing it for the. The, the weight loss, I, I'll definitely, I think I can already feel that I'm, I'm losing weight, but um, it does, I don't know, I think I've got to that point where I'm like, okay, I know this, I know all the stuff that she's telling us in terms of what's good and bad for your body, uh, but the way she explains it, I'm like, yeah, it is, Jane, you know, you are getting to an age where you probably do have to really start nurturing your body if you want it to uh, um, perform for you in the way that, that it always has. I love it. Good for you. All power to you, Jane. I don't know. Oh, thanks. 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 (laughs) So we're kind of, we, we've been in and out of the COVID roller coaster. Now it's gone up and it's gone down. It's gone loop to loop. And now we're at kind of at a different stage. And so we thought today we'd talk about this stage of COVID for your business, because for some of us, we've kind of gone back to a bit of normality, but it's not really normal. It's not normal. No, no. Um, and do you know what, Stace? I think we're going to be talking about COVID and navigating a changing world, you know, for for a while now. You know, you and I had the conversation before we went on air about, oh, do you think everybody's sick of COVID and corona? But um, truth is, is this is our new normal. You know, this, this is, is this is what... Uh, there won't be the same world, I don't think, and and not that this episode will be a doomsday or anything, but um, we're not going to go back to, to the world that we lived in before for COVID. And that's not necessarily just because of COVID. You know, if you think about it, we've had COVID, but we've also had a um, the, the Black Lives Matter um, worldwide movement as yeah. well, and, and that's unrelated to COVID. Um, however, I've seen a lot of positive change off the back of that. Like in my lifetime, I haven't seen a lot of positive change happen with activism around that topic, but I'm certainly seeing a lot more people really make an effort to 
um, be more inclusive mm -hmm. um, and to have a more, you know, kind of encourage a more diverse um diverse and, and inclusive culture within their workplace, within, you know, how they show up in the world for their clients, et cetera, et cetera. And I was thinking about that the other day and I was thinking, wow, it is, it is, it has made quite the effect. And maybe, maybe it's just the businesses and the influences and the things that, that I follow that are really taking note of this, but they're doing more than taking note. They're doing more than just giving it lip service on social media. Like they actually are making big changes um, within their business. Yeah. Inclusiveness has always been um, a topic that I've had to answer in business award submissions. So they always oh, yeah. want to talk to you about how does your business um, think about equality? How are you inclusive? How are you, um, you know, working with a diverse group of people? And I always really thought I had really good answers for those questions, mm. but this year has really um, opened my eyes and given me a lot more education around that and I know that Business Chicks did a masterclass the other day that I saw on your Insta story you were part of. What were they saying in terms of um, what we should be looking at for our business? Oh gosh that was one of many um, that I've been on. I've been on this um, rapid drive with my professional development addiction. Um, I've been attending <laughs> so many um, so many of those masterclasses and business chicks have put on quite a lot. But um, actually someone else who we interviewed on the um, Miss Bossy Boost podcast, Nina Christian, she actually held probably um, a, a much more powerful uh, workshop that I attended, um, I think it was last week, and um, she had a representative panel um, she had two Indigenous um, members that, that attended that and um, one Kenyan lady. And it was quite an inter, intimate group. Um, so we were able to actually have quite open conversation with them. And, look, they there was lots of points. There's, there's, there's lots of things that we can do. Um, one of the things that I said to, to them was, you know, like I, I witnessed, um, so business chicks obviously are doing a lot in that space and they've, they've really, you know, they started with, with their social media and, and, and giving a voice to um, people of colour and, and um, Aboriginal people to kind of tell their story, et cetera, et cetera. They started there. And then I saw quite a bit of vitriol. And I know Glennon Doyle talks about, um, you know, when she was trying to, to kind of raise the, the, uh, raise the topic and, um, I guess, jump on board um, with some of the activism around this. She got quite, you know, she got attacked as well. Yeah. Um, and I said to the, the panel, I think, you know, people want to start, um, but they could be a little bit afraid of saying the wrong thing or offending people. Yeah. Not white people, but offending, you know, people of colour or the people that they're trying to help, they might be they might be offending them and um so that so they're not saying anything or they're not doing anything just in case they're saying or doing the wrong thing. And they explained that they they said to me, yeah, that's that's that that is true. But the way they kind of explained that to me is they said, you know, people are, are really, really tired, you know, so so Aboriginal people, people of colour, 
they're so tired of having this conversation. They've had to have it year on year, generation after generation, um, and it's fallen on deaf ears every single time. You know, we have prime ministers and we have um, politicians who are, you know, not acknowledging that, 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 the, that some of the history that's happened has happened. It's a slap in the face. You get so frustrated. You get so angry. Um, and it's frustrating to, to see when, when, you know, people are just jumping on bandwagons and giving things lip service and not actually doing anything to, to change. So people are tired. So they said, do you know what? You probably will get some negative backlash. You probably will get some abuse. You probably won't you know, be welcomed with open arms when you enter into this space. You might say the wrong thing, you might do the wrong thing and someone might get angry with that but it's only because they're tired and they're frustrated and they're angry. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, do it but just be brave enough knowing Mm. that you might not get it all right but and, and people might get cross at you but there's good reason for that. Yeah. Renee Brown often says we're here to, we're not here to get it right. Sorry, we're not here to be right. We're here to get it right. Yes. And she, she says that that's kind of her mantra when she, when she posts things that she knows will get kind of backlash because you can imagine she's got, you know, however many million followers. So she quite mm. often will get negative feedback on her posts. And she always says that she doesn't, take that with there's two ways you could take that you could take that negative feedback with um well you know i'm just trying to do my best and i'm i'm just doing this because etc etc or you could instead be here to get it right and say thank you for your feedback now please help me understand how i can how i can do this better yeah how did how did i go wrong um there and how can i do it better yeah that's right um, and, and one of the points that came out of the um, Business Chicks one, um, the Business Chicks Masterclass, and, it, you know, I, I had the same ref- reflection with, with the award submissions, um, you know, that, that diversity and inclusive, inclusivity question, I think must just be a standard question on all yeah. business awards. Um, and I remember thinking back and filling in that section, not, really and that was always my weakest question because I used to think all right like what I don't know I don't know like I really only have one or two people in the business um I don't know what you know I I actually don't know what we do and I you know generally come up with 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 something now um you know I think it's not even about how I answer that question the question is how do we you know show up in this world so we are genuinely making a difference in that space and one of the points that they made in the business class, business chicks masterclass, was um, inclusivity is not the sorry diversity is not the same thing as inclusivity. So there's plenty of organisations that have a diverse mix of people working for their business, or a diverse mix of clients or customers, whatever. But you can still not have inclusivity. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can still not yeah. be inclusive to make sure that that, that that diverse range of people are all feeling included and all getting the same opportunities. And that's probably one of the biggest points that, that I've come away with because I thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. One of our values at Port Macquarie Performing Arts used to be equality. And this year, at the start of this year, we changed it to inclusive because what we thought we were meaning by equality was giving everybody opportunities 
Whereas what we, when we really kind of dug into it, equality is everybody having the same thing or everybody having equal opportunity. But actually when it comes to what we do, we want everybody to feel included and not everybody will have the same opportunities because if you're, you know, eight, you're not going to go to the Australian ballet like you're 13. So Mm. we, we changed the word to inclusive. And then with some more education around that, we have been finding ways to really grow on, on what we deliver and how we deliver it and how we think about things within that word. And so making that change, at the beginning of this year has been really helpful because now we have so much more to learn and so much more to talk about when it comes to how we're inclusive in our business. And without that, um, you know, being up there on our values, I don't think we would have had these conversations. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I don't think it, it, like if I'm honest, it's just not really something that I would have prioritized at all until this this happened like and it's not necessarily I guess I thought of inclusivity as of making sure that you know we were um being inclusive of you know people with disabilities and um uh I guess all kind of minority groups it's never been a, a kind of a racial thing because I've never really viewed myself as someone who's racist in fact I would view myself as someone who's quite opposite but in terms of of and and I guess where I've really kind of I've really struggled and it's the same with the female and the male thing is the whole issues of quotas. Like you don't want to go and recruit someone. It's like you don't want to go and recruit a female just because they're female but not because, but, and they're, but they're not because the best they're person the, for the, job. the best person for the job. And they yeah. don't want to be recruited for that reason either. No. So I don't want to go out and actively, you know, recruit some a, a person of colour or an Aboriginal person if just for the sake of actually having a, a, an Aboriginal person or a person of colour on my on my books. However, I will actively go and find, you know, actively go and seek out some more diversity um, in my recruitment process. I will definitely, you know, I probably, I'll rethink my recruitment processes to see if I can actually get more people in my field, a more diverse range of people in my field um, by even going to some establishments and organisations that perhaps I wouldn't have even thought of to go and see if there are, you know, some people um, that perhaps I wouldn't have even thought about, you know, to to necessarily recruit until, until this not recruit like I always would have would have recruited them if they if they'd come across my path but I'm actually going to go and find them now you know yeah. I'm not going to yeah yeah I'm I will I will actually make more of an effort to 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 go and try and find them proactively as opposed to just wait wait for them to to fall in my lap yeah um one of my clients I used to have um great conversations in terms of what we can do uh, with more cultural awareness in, in our studio. And um, so much so that I put her on as our cultural awareness officer um, last year so that I have somebody within my organization that is my go-to. So when it comes to posting something or when it comes to putting out documentation, I can run it by her and say, okay, so I've looked at this from a, 
you know, technical term um, perspective and I can look at this from a, you know, are the dates and times correct? And now can you look at this this post or this document in, in terms of um, where we stand culturally and are Absolutely. we doing the right thing? Yes. It, yeah. Are there any changes that need to be made to this to make it more inclusive or to make sure that's that we a great are, idea? We are yeah. we are doing the right thing, and it's been really good in, for my staff and I in terms of education because there are lots of times where we where we do the wrong thing and we say yeah. the wrong thing, and we need to um, to be better at that. So that's yeah. been a um, that's that's been like a nice a, a nice add on to what we do. Um, yeah. That, yeah. That nice inclusion to our team. And the other thing that they said um, in Nina's um, masterclass was was just start, you know, just start with something, even if it's just something small, you know, just start. It's small little steps um, that you can help integrate in, into your organisation bit by bit, um, but just start. Do, do, do little things like that that actually help to, to make you more culturally sensitive, culturally aware um, something that I've started doing and it seems so little but um, at the beginning of, of each of my master classes that I give I do an acknowledgement to country um, and I know that that's that's only a small little thing but I figure well if I just embed that into into my routine and into all of the the master classes and the things that I do and, and I'm doing more and more of those these days you know that's one thing um, and I think you know, there'll be other things to come, but that's something that I can easily do um, now and just get that started and get that habit started. Yeah. What about in terms of the rest of your business, Jane, post-COVID? Are there things that have that you used to do in the past that no longer exist that you do completely differently or are there things that you are finding are not relevant anymore <laughs> in this post-COVID world? No, not really. I mean, I, it's difficult to to answer that because my business has changed. So, so I completely flipped the model of my business, and um, we're doing di- business very differently. We've um, we're showing up for businesses in a in a very different way. So, so there's a lot <laughs> that's changed, but it's not. It is because of COVID, but it's not necessarily because of COVID, if you, if you know what I mean. You think you would have got there eventually anyway, but maybe... No, no, like, no, we definitely did it because of, the, um, of what happened in the world, the world pandemic, but it's not, it's not a reaction to, like, we're not wearing masks, for example, right. but, um, um, moving forward, or, or we're not sanitising our hands. I mean, we are sanitising our hands, but... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. haven't had to instill health practices to fight the disease. Yes. It's just that COVID has caused a disruption and we've changed the model of our of our business. But we're very fortunate because we can we provide uh, we can provide our services online via Zoom and because the whole world has changed and now people can now we can deliver masterclasses and workshops and and presentations and things via Zoom or um, webinar as well. Um, we're doing all of that differently and there's been a world of opportunities that have, have opened up um, and I think that will continue. This is one of the things, this is one of the legacies that I think will continue post-COVID. So whilst, you know, when we have to stop self-isolating, um, I think people will kind of be really keen to get back to face-to-face events and, and those sorts of things, but I think 
people will also be keen to stick with the opportunities that online and virtual events and and I'm yet to explore it, but but the virtual world in, in conferencing has evolved at such a rapid rate. Like what some of the stories I've heard about some of the online virtual conferences that people have been to are just mind-blowing, um, using things like virtual reality and those sorts of things to give you the full um, conference experience. I mean, it sounds amazing. So I think a lot of that will actually remain, regardless of whether we'll all go back face-to-face, that that will that will remain. Um, I guess it's 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 looking forward. It's it's I guess un, understanding what will change and and what will stay the same. Well, nothing's going to stay the same necessarily. But what's what's actually going to be significantly different in the next twelve months? And and again, I don't think it's just just COVID. If you look at the US and China, like I was watching the news last night, and I was thinking. Wow, this this could actually get really nasty. And again, that's I mean, it might have been sparked by COVID, but that's that's something that will carry on regardless of what happens with COVID. And how will that change the world? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, to me, I just I I go wow. I don't like. I think there's so many different things happening at the moment. We're just going to be in this constant um, cycle of change, I think, for, for years. And it's not just the COVID stuff. It is the, the Black Lives Matter. It is the China and the US, you know, causing quite a bit of instability um, within the world and, and politically. You know, it's all of this stuff that's kind of building momentum and, and amassing in um, kind of its worldwide effects that it's like, oof, Okay, I think I think we've got you know I think COVID's probably just been the beginning that's prepared us for a little bit of um, tumultu- tumultuous and uh, um, you know adapt uh, I guess ma- ma- trying to prepare us to to be adaptable and uh, resilient in in the face of of change. What I'm, not about really, your... I'm not really feeling very resilient and adaptable, to tell you the truth. Mm. Oh, people are exhausted. Yeah. I'm I exhausted. Like, I feel like I've been in the spin cycle of a washing machine and, I've, and I'm finding that for my kids the unpredictability and the uh, being strong and being like, no, this is what we're doing and trying to keep structure to our day and our schedule and everything so that they get some kind of you know structure to theirs is exhausting I don't actually know I I'm at the moment because it's kind of been like well things will be better once things are normal again yeah which is not a thing um now I'm like okay all right so now you're going to need to find some coping strategies for this change because I I don't like it and I'm not comfortable with it. So that's kind of my journey at the moment is, okay, if it's going to be like this for a while, what are you doing to make you <laughs> like to make yeah. yourself sane as we go through it? Because I've been really, I was going to say slack, but it's unknown territory. So it's not, it's not like I know what I should be doing, but I've been really just, let's just ride it out. Let's just ride it out and then see how we feel. But the writing out is now taking too long. I need mm. more of a, more of an action plan and more of a game plan. But in terms of my business, it's not back to normal. Mm. It won't ever be normal. 
we won't ever be able to have as many kids in the studio as we have had in the past. We won't um, ever not have kids sanitising and signing in and, and all of the stuff that we do now that's now becoming part of our normal. So uh, even post-COVID, like, will you still be getting people to sign in and sanitise? I do believe that that will be the expectation from our parents that if I feel like if we were to at any point say we're not doing that anymore, it would be looked upon as um, us not caring about the kids and the family safety. That's how I feel at the moment. And signing in as well. Do you think that's because is it like the signing in is just so in case someone gets a case, isn't it? And you can... And you can I've, then... I've said to our staff, whatever, whatever we implement now will be our new normal because if it, we, if it, at any point if we ever drop it, it, it won't make us look like we're doing the right thing. So, um, and it's not just about making it look like we do the right thing. It is about doing the right thing. But, you know, we have safety things now that are different to before in that parents have to come you know, all the way to the door, drop the children off, have to come to the door at the right time to pick up and things like that. We, you know, we prided ourselves on being, you know, you know, a really big family space. And we had a student lounge that the kids could hang out in and jump all over each other. If, you know, if parents were late picking up and stuff like that, I just don't know whether that is ever going to go back to, to what we can, what we can deliver again. And the congregating of the people, like we had a big parent lounge where all the parents would sit together and, and watch the kids' classes on the big screen. And I don't know if that's going to be, if people are going to be comfortable think, to be congregating I in think, areas or yeah. to leaving their children. And Yeah, I think that will, I think that bit of life will go back to normal. I think okay. um, personally, I just think if you look at, if you look at people's levels of comfort just day to day, People aren't paranoid about, I mean, some people are, yeah. um, but I think they're genuinely afraid of, of getting COVID. But people are dying to hug each other again. People are dying to actually get in there and socialise um, and be in big groups and be, um, you know, be social and, and, and get back to those times where we didn't have to be so socially distanced. So I think once the, the direct threat of COVID has gone, I... I anticipate that most people will go back into into that level of comfort quite easily. I think the threat there really is COVID. Um, I think the 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 legacy. I mean, the the habits instilled, for example, with sanitising, etc. Um, they're just good habits to keep everyone one well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the social distance thing. Um, I think that will. I think that will subside after after the threat of of COVID has gone. I hope so. Have you been watching movies like and Netflix shows and things and seeing people run up to each other on the street, hugging each other, and being like, "What are you doing?" Like my yeah. brain goes, "Why are you shaking hands with that person now? You haven't now. You need to sanitize again." You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah. I know it is funny. Or you'll look at things and you go, "Oh," or or see things on TV and go, "Oh, that must have been filmed." pre-COVID yes, because yeah. they're very close. Yeah, yes. I'm watching Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise at the moment. This my my guilty How much pleasure. is going on on Bachelor of Paradise? And Jane? yes, there's been much thought <laughs> in my head of, hmm, this must have been done pre-COVID because this is very cosy. But yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So I think that will get back to normal. I think, and it's, and I, I just think it's the, um, the economy that's going to take a long time to recover. Um, you know, I think we probably will go, go into this recession, you know, once we actually do have, um, the government kind of funding runs out and who knows, you know, how many reoccurrences we're going to get of, of, because we haven't we haven't got that herd immunity, um, not that we want it, but we haven't got it. So how many spikes are we going to have? Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Like there's very 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 small amounts of, of of numbers of people that that are getting this in in Australia compared to to the rest of the world. So um, I think that's going to last a lot longer for for us. Um, and how many spikes do we have? Who knows? You know, it's Victoria now, and it's funny. Everyone's going, "Oh, poor Victoria," and I know, poor Victoria. But I think, but that that that's probably going to be us. <laughs> so, yeah. do you know what I mean? If if we don't get on top of it, or or you look at it and you go, "Well, um, if it's that easy, you know, look how easily that was spread." And and now that we've got this this little cluster in Sydney, which they seem to have contained, but who knows? But it's it looks like it's so easy for that to kind of get out of out of control. So um, I think you know, but that will go. That will that will pass. So we'll have a couple of years of that, and then it will you know pass. And and I don't think we'll necessarily get a vaccine, but but we might get you know testing um, the ability to test people really rapidly, so that you know when people are moving around, that the testing kind of puts puts um, barriers in place. But yeah, I don't think it's that, I, and I think it's I think it's I think it's all the changes that that are happening at the moment that that will lead us into a completely new future. Yeah, at the moment we're finding it really difficult to keep our, all of our staff healthy and at work all the time because right. things that you used to push through, if you you know had a runny nose, but you felt perfectly yes. fine you could come in and teach a class but now of course that you absolutely not no and not only that you know you you have a runny nose and then the next day you wake up with a cough you need to go and get yourself tested and when you get yourself tested you have to isolate or if your mm. partner wakes up with a cough yeah. and they get tested then you have to isolate and so when you have a team of 10 people where everybody needs to be on all the time to, just in order to make your business run because it's not like if I, you know, if one of my teachers call in sick, I can't just say, do your work tomorrow. It's like there's a tap class at four o'clock. Someone's got to teach it. Mm. So uh, in my position, I've been like, you know, quick, need, need a babysitter in an hour because I suddenly have to go in and teach for three hours. You yeah. Know, classes. And, you know, from a, uh, an employer perspective, encouraging your staff to do the right thing, have the test if you're meant to have the test, stay home if you have the runny nose, but in the back of my head going, I can't, I, I, my babysitting favours have run out yes. <laughs> in my small community. Like I, I have to, and some days I'm taking the kids to the studio, like Patrick sat on the floor and, took, and drew on a piece of paper and emptied all the daycare sand from his shoes onto <laughs> the floor of the studio yesterday afternoon because he had to come with me. One of my yeah. teachers was out. I didn't have a runny nose, so in I went and yes. taught three yeah, classes that, that I don't normally teach, which was, was super fun. But the staffing I'm finding post-COVID is just an actual nightmare. Yes, yeah. And, and again, hopefully once the threat of COVID goes, that won't be an issue. But, yeah, I can see how that would be 
a um a massive disruption because, um, as you said, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of the time it's probably fine. And we haven't probably had active fine. cases in Port Macquarie for two months. Yeah. But, and but you have to be vigilant. You've got to do the right thing and you've, you've got to encourage your staff to do the right thing as well. But also I'm saying to the staff for the kids that the kids need consistency. If they're coming to dance each week, they want to know they're having you know, Miss Ange when they when they get there week ah, after week and if okay. they've got Miss Ange this yeah. week and Miss Stacey next week and Mr. Pete the week after and then Miss Ange is back that week, it's it's yes. more disruption in their little yes. brains with yes. in an already disrupted world. So I'm really yes. struggling with that in terms of what mm. my business looks like post-COVID. Yeah. And, and, and what I said to my clients in the beginning was this is what we're facing, this is what it's going to be, if, if my teachers have to go out, we might have to cancel classes and we've, yep. ne- we've never really done that before. And so we will need your support and understanding. And, you know, 80% of the time we have got that, but 20% of the time people are just really cross and screaming at my staff because they want their child to have the four o'clock tap class. And I'm like, I've got no one to teach it. Well, so, you know, you can have the top four o'clock t- t- tap class or you, or you can have COVID we, and have COVID or you can go without <laughs> it and not have COVID. You know, which which one would you like, people? Yeah. There's your options. I'm just not finding that there's the level of compassion and understanding that I assumed there would be with being, being it not, you know, it's not a PMPA pandemic, it's a global pandemic, people like it's everywhere people are seeing it but i'm yeah i'm not finding that people are really understanding no and i think that look that that comes back to um uh, people are people are feeling this uncertainty and and as you said you know what coping strategies do you have some people haven't put the coping strategies in place Hmm. and they uh, they have a very short fuse as a result because yeah. they're coping so much, you know, everywhere and then one thing goes wrong and they blow up. Yeah. You know, or one thing more goes wrong for that day. Like you might just be the fourth thing that's been cancelled for them that day, um, you know, and, and they're blowing up. So I yeah. think I think there is there is a level of nervousness and anxiety and intolerance in everyone because we've just compacted three months of, of uncertainty and, you know, everyone's kind of rushed to, to adapt to the new normal and that's caused some serious emotional unrest and yeah. that's, that's, that's just coming out of people where they, where they perhaps, and look, you know, there's always 20% of squeaky wheels. So perhaps it's the same bloody squeaky wheels that are still squeaking, you know, in, in this, this this circumstance. But, yeah, I think that's probably one of the changes that I have noticed about myself as well about as well as other people that now three months, you know, it's, it's now July or four months after it kind of first, or no, three months after it, four months, God, can't do maths, um, <laughs> first became a thing. I think it's just getting to the point where everyone's kind of run out of gas. Yeah. You know, everyone's done their best and now we're all tired. Yeah. <laughs> We'd just like to go to bed for a month now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. That would be yeah. great. Alone. 
I'd like yeah, to yeah, alone. Alone. Yeah, sorry, more Katie. than a slither. Yeah. More than a slither. Sorry, Pete's <laughs> even getting booted yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's so far away. Like, if there's three children between me and him, like, what's the use anyway? Yes. Yeah. Well, you should, if that's it, you should just go and plonk yourself in one of their beds. Leave Heath with the three kids. <laughs> go and get yourself a good night's sleep. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. A good plan. <laughs> a good plan for the, the post COVID world. Yeah. Thanks for the chat, Jane. This has been great. Yeah, you too. You too. We are heading towards our hundredth episode of Miss Bossy Boots, and we have a very special guest. We're looking forward to sharing that episode with you very, very soon. This is episode ninety-eight. Can you even cope, Jane? unbelievable yes unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> and if this is your first episode thank you so much for listening we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts and if you want to get in touch with us just come across to facebook and search miss bossy boots podcast group we would love to talk to you there have a wonderful day and uh we'll talk to you soon bye good luck with the no coffee jane um, Thank you. Looking forward to hearing the, the, the other end of the story when you get Oh, I'm through the, the worst. I'm good. I've had my glute pain. I'm good now. <laughs> glute pain. What a my great glute pain. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs>